2: Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't, and that's okay. Today, we're talking about happiness. It's such a simple word and one we've all known since childhood. And Honestly, childhood may have been the last time one of us experienced true happiness. So if it's so simple, why is it so difficult to achieve? Well, that's where today's guest comes in. Stella Grisant is the author of The Work Happiness Method. She is one of the first 150 people to earn a master's degree in applied positive psychology a.k.a. the science of happiness. From the University of Pennsylvania, she's spoken for organizations including Amazon, Google, Dow Jones, Citibank, the list goes on and on. You've also probably seen her on MSNBC, The Today Show, and Vanity Fair. And Time Magazine named her a leading happiness expert. In Stella's upcoming book, The Work Happiness Method, she outlines the eight essential skills to feel happier and more fulfilled in our life and in our career. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Stella (laughs) Grisant. Okay, you guys, I am here with Stella Grisant. We are here to talk about happiness. What a concept. It's such a simple word and one we've all known since childhood. And honestly, childhood might be the last time some of us actually felt happiness or experienced happiness. So if it's so simple, why is it so difficult to achieve? I mean, this is where you come in, Stella. Help us all out. How can we make sure that we wake up invigorated and happy for
0: each day? Oh my God, that's the like gazillion dollar question. (laughs) And Look, I think realistically, you don't have to be like floating out of your bed, like seeing in technicolor, like, oh my God, you know, of course we want more of those moments. But I ideally, I think it starts with us knowing, first of all, what we really, really, really want and who we really want to be in this life. And then tracking, how am I doing that? And being that every day. And when you have that sense of progress and you have that sense of clarity and you have that sense of like groundedness, then you feel easy, then you feel like content, then you feel excited for like the wonder and the unfolding of whatever's coming your way. And that's why I love your podcast and I love the name <laughs> of your podcast because it is about having a sense of what that direction is. Mm-hmm. And you know, clients come to me all the time and they're like, what? You know, I don't know what I want. And I'm actually like, yes, you do. It's just that we've been kind of framing it in the wrong way or in a backwards way. So oftentimes when we think about like, what do I want to be when I grow up or what am I supposed to do? And or, you know, we think about, all right, I gotta get this title or I gotta own this or I gotta achieve these things. And those are all super important. And exciting and very sexy. Many of our goals are very sexy. And I'm sure you felt this too. It's like we can achieve all those things and still feel like empty or dissatisfied or burnt out or like there's got to be more than this. In fact, most of the times once we do
2: achieve one of the things on our goal board that we think is going to make us happy, it really just does feel a little bit empty and then it's on to the next. Okay, well, what's the next one? What's the next one? And so I think the key is to enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the process of. But that can be hard sometimes, especially in this world that feels as if every corner is a corner of comparison, right? And so I just really love this conversation because I think that anything and everything we all choose to do is solely because we think it will bring us happiness.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the things that we think will bring us happiness actually can make us like, can feel anything but. Like, for example, I have two children who are part of the most like, you know, make, fill me with meaning and of course, happiness. But in the newborn phase, or even tonight, for example, I was not happy at all. I was miserable (laughs) because my toddler like now doesn't like sleep in a crib and walks into my room at like 12 AM. And then again at like four and again at five. So, you know, in fact, I was very grumpy. (laughs) So I think what we have to do is have that bigger picture. And I call that your vision and your vision is not a description of all the things you want to achieve of it's actually a description of who you are when you're most alive like what are the qualities of your beingness that you know when your heart is singing when you feel like life is working with you for you to help you be your your best what are what are the conditions in place that enable that and so that's where i always start my work with my clients is mm. let's get clear on who you are when you just feel on fire or free and safe to just just glow like who is that what is that let's describe that and um and that's that's where i start and then you choose goals to help you get there and if you start from that position of just considering what brings me most alive then you have so many more ways of arriving there. It's not just the singular path of I gotta get promoted or I gotta get the house here or I've got a vacation here. It's actually there's there's so many ways for you to be creative or be loving or influential or vibrant, like whatever those qualities are for you. And and so the worlds and the opportunities and the choices actually open up for you every day mm-hmm. when you're clear on what that North Star is.
2: It's interesting you use the word safe because I think this is a really interesting concept that not a lot of people discuss is that if we are in an environment where we truly feel safe we can thrive and be whoever we want to be. I mean, we can absolutely, when we feel safe enough to just be our quirky, weird, authentic, crazy selves and embody all of that, then I think it's much easier to own who we are. But it's hard sometimes to find yourself in a position where you truly do feel safe enough to just be.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean... That is again, another gazillion dollar <laughs> question slash goal is like and and a lot of that is because the wiring for what makes us feel safe um, actually happens, you know in utero, throughout our childhood, and it 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 has to do with things that when we're growing up, we don't really have a lot of control over relationships with our parents or the conditions in which we're growing up. Um, So, so feeling safe in our bodies, we start off that way, but then, you know, we get all sorts of different signals. And then as we are adults, our work, our conscious work is, you know, if I am really safe, like, right, if there's not bombs going off outside my window, how do I How do I settle myself so that I'm not anxious, so that I'm not, you know, restless, so that I can relax into what the day brings? So yes, Mm -hmm. that is, that is, and, and there's so much beautiful research now around how one of the answers to that is togetherness. So one of the best ways for us to feel safe, to feel free, to feel relaxed, right? is is to be really connected and plugged in with one another because our nervous systems are designed to help one another, like to help our nervous systems get into parasympathetic mode. Like togetherness is one of the best strategies for feeling safe. Obviously, you want to be around someone who you feel safe around, who's also not super stressed and anxious, but animals also do that for us, like petting a dog, can help you regulate your nervous system, movement. It's all these things that are so basic. I call them in my book, I call them the boring basics because we all know them. We don't need like tons of research to remind us that like being with loved ones, being in nature, moving our bodies, all those things help us feel more safe and relaxed because it tells our nervous system like, I'm okay
2: no, but we clearly do need reminders of that because, you know, they're basics for a reason. And it doesn't matter how many times you hear, get out and exercise. There are a lot of times in my life that I'm like, nah, I don't want to exercise, even though I know it's what I need to do. So we, I don't think you can hear those basics enough. Being around people, and I think, you know, bringing it back to that's why the pandemic was so difficult is we actually couldn't be around people. And a lot of us suffered and probably still are suffering and have repercussions from all of that yeah hey guys we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back in just a minute
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
1: And is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. This is Paige, the co
0: host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you
2: You know, you talk about vision and purpose, and I think this is a really big deal. And again, something that people talk about a lot, but we need to dig in because here I think the greatest fear in life is to live life without a purpose, without a direction, without an intent. And I think it's important to remember, like, what if everything does work out? You know, all the time we're so worried about, you know, this is going wrong. And if this doesn't, if this doesn't work, then I've got to do this. And everybody's strategizing and so high stress. And it's just kind of simple to think, well, what if it did work out? I mean, listen, that's not always the case, but can't we, wouldn't it be nice if we could retrain our brains to think that way and to, you know, not waste time at a dead-end job? I know that's something that you really help a lot of people with is, you know, making sure that they are in the right place in their lifetime, in their job, because I think it's the stats, the statistic is 77% of us feel checked out and disengaged while we're at work. And a lot of our lives are spent working, whether it's at home, in the office, whatever. A lot of our self-worth is given through our work. So take us through that. How do we find our calling? I mean, it's exciting and it's thrilling to think about, but it is really difficult. And I think that's why a lot of people have trouble choosing a major in college. And because it feels like if you don't choose this one right path, then nothing will ever go your way.
0: Yes. It's so scary. I remember having lots of anxiety about, am I on the right path? Is it like, when do I make this? Like, like you were saying that strategizing, it's so stressful and mm. there's no way you can possibly do it because there's so many unknowns and we can't possibly like calculate all that in our minds. And in fact, when it comes to decision-making, like there's a lot of research about how we make bad decisions when we try to like strategize on all these different like possibilities. So, so the key is actually to go within and, and, and the, in the work happiness method, I call it a method because there are some steps to navigating what feels like overwhelming ambiguity and possibility. Mm-hmm. And so we start with that vision and I call it, and I walk people through an exercise called the vision generator, which if you're like, I'd love everyone to buy a book, but if they don't, they can actually get the vision generator for free because I just feel like we all need to know. this stuff. We'll all be better humans.
2: How do they get that for free? Please tell our listeners because I do think that guidance like that is so
0: imperative. So imperative. Yes. You can go to visiongenerator.com. Okay visiongenerator.com. You guys heard it here first,
2: visiongenerator.com. And we'll have that in our show notes as well for our listeners. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, that's that's always where I start in my coaching because I want to know who you are when you're your most alive and what are those qualities that you like feel and embody. And so we start with that. Then we, we basically scrape that vision for hints on what your values are. And the way I define values is they're the guideposts that influence your decisions and your choices throughout the day so that you can be more of who you want to be. Like, so you can make your way towards that vision. It's almost like the guardrails. If you're traveling on the road, it's the guardrails keeping you in the right lane so you make it towards your destination, which is that vision, which is your being that most alive, wonderful human. Mm. And so, Then the key is, and I, I kind of talk about in the book, I talk about, this is called a, a virtuous trifecta. When you know what your vision and values are and you are making choices in alignment with those, with your vision and values and you give yourself credit. So this is the part most Mm -hmm. overachievers miss. You don't give yourself credit. So it's like, it's like a three-legged stool. You're missing one of the legs. If you don't give yourself credit, you will feel like you're never making progress. You will feel like there's always way too much to do. Like you're never going to catch up. Like it just feels like too much. But if you give yourself credit, you get sturdy. And what you start to witness is your power. You start to witness like, oh, I know it's important to me. I know who I want to be in this world. And I just made these choices today that line up with that. And Mm. I'm actually feeling pretty good about those choices. And, oh, and that gives you feedback that you have influence over your life and how you feel. You have choice, you have power. And that is how, that, that is how I define being on purpose is you being who you want to be in this world. And knowing that you have control over that agency, over that, you can do that in a shitty job. You can do that when things aren't <laughs> perfect. You can be that person regardless of what's happening. Will it be harder? Yeah. Like, yeah. but But we all have that power mm-hmm. to be who we want to be, even in circumstances that suck. When you feel like it's too much of a struggle for you to be that person every day, then you have clarity that, oh, I need to change my conditions then you know, it's not me, it's the job. Mm-hmm. Then you can feel more confident because so many times people don't know, like, is it me? Is it the job? And so what we do is we first get all this clarity and then we go do that work. We practice being, you know, whatever we laid out, whether it's ways to be more creative, ways to hold down your boundaries, ways for you to manage your emotions, whatever it is that you described in your vision and in your values. And then if you're like, oh, there's no way I can keep this up because- of this position or of this person, of this culture, then, you know, you can go look elsewhere.
2: Do you ever have clients come to you that are a little bit older in life and think that it's too late to try something new or it's too late to try to access their dream job? And if so, what advice do you give to them? Because when you're 20s, when you're in your young 20s, the world is your oyster. It feels like anything is possible and you have access to any and everything And the older you get, it feels like once you've made a specific trajectory that there is no other path. But I think that that's just something we've all made up. And so I can imagine a lot of people listening may be stuck at a job and think, oh, but it's too late. I've already spent, you know, X amount of years there. And so how and how can we change our brains and rewire our brains and then also physically start
0: and begin to make a transition? I love that question. I feel really blessed because if people come to work with me, they are hopeful and optimistic for something. So that's that's the that's a little bit of if they're gonna invest in figuring out what's next, they already have a set of optimism. Right. In, okay within them. But to your point, sometimes they're in their 50s. Sometimes they're in their 60s because and and, and they're like, you know what? I want this last leg of my career to really matter. I have had this shit job for so long. I want to go for it. I want to go out on like a high note. And then when you think about like your 30s, you're like, oh, I've already like started on this path. It's too late for me to start over. I've had so many clients go for it. So I had this one woman who was an event coordinator at a healthcare company, never took an art class in her life. And through the vision generator she like remembered she was like i i want to be a creative person and she's like the last time i took an art class was in high school and she's like i actually want to do fashion design like that like it it kind of like through some coaching and she quit her six figure job signed up for classes at fit was the oldest person there. She was, I think she was in her early forties. Everyone thought she was the instructor when she like sat down in the class. God, that's like everyone's worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then she went on to work for these amazing brands and she did it. And I think, you know, back to what we were talking about feeling safe, there's a way that you can make these transitions and feel safe because obviously you have to think about she was thinking about her retirement fund and her mortgage and all these things. And so we found a creative solution for her to subsidize her income while she was pursuing her classes. And so there's always creative ways for you to step closer and closer towards being that person and do it in a safe way. It doesn't have to be like give everything up and lose your entire like retirement situation. Don't do that. You guys, anyone listening, (laughs) do not do that. That's a definite no. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
0: We're back. And also a lot of people come to me and they realize once they do the work happiness method, they realize, oh, actually I don't have to change my job. I can find ways to be more fulfilled right here and now. Mm-hmm. And I had this happen to many clients where it was just a matter of weeks. This one woman wrote me back and she's like, Stella, someone asked me, my friend was just checking in on me. She said, how are you doing? How's work? And she said, I blurted out, oh, things are good. I love my job. And she's like, I had to pause because just weeks prior, I was ready to quit. And she's like, I Mm. couldn't believe that I said that and how much had changed. And so sometimes you don't have to change the job. You don't have to change your career. You just have to change how you're seeing it all. And that can be the biggest thing ever.
2: That's such a huge lesson, not just in career, but in life in general. Right. So it's all through whatever lens you're choosing to view your life. And I think that's such a key, but it it can be really difficult to do. Listen, like I'm sure, Stella, even you who are you're wildly successful. You teach everyone this. You've got to have some hard days, too. Right. I hope your answer is yes. Oh, oh, my God. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, good. That's a relief because it just shows that all of us are, you know, just unique in our own life experience and going through whatever it is we're going through at any given time. Okay, so what I found really fascinating when you guys reached out to Directionally Challenged was how you talked about the latest research on happiness. And I really love stats and and I'd love Mm. to know what some of that is because let's be honest like everyone has their own life experience but it is really nice to know what collectively where we're at
0: yeah i mean as you kicked off you know over 3 quarters of people are feeling disengaged at work and that's, that's a that's high been, number that's a, that's incredibly high that's incredibly high and it's been that way since gallup has been measuring engagement for over 20 years so it's pretty much you know it's been up or down like a few percentage points But that's been pretty consistent. And that's costing, I think it's like trillions of dollars for like the global economy. Trillions. I think it's like over $8 trillion. Wait, what is $8 trillion? Disengagement. Like when employees feel checked out, when employees feel disengaged, it costs their organizations money in terms of sick days in terms of people not being as productive right in terms of not being Got there, it. bringing their best but what it also costs is employees in their well-being and it also costs you like if you don't feel alive at work which is where you spend most of your waking hours you, that's not only like sure it costs organizations but what does it cost you and your family when you come home feeling like crap like when you don't have the energy to to really be present when your child tells you about their day Mm. to like, to be loving towards, you know, your spouse or your partner or hang out with your friends. Like it's, it doesn't just cost productivity. It costs us our lives. And so it's in everyone's interest for us to be, feel happier at work. Do
2: you feel like it's a factor of just having to be readily available because our devices are so mobile? So if our bosses send us an email, we're expected to respond by the end of the evening and that kind of thing. So once we put our kids down, we're not disconnecting and doing something that we want to do. We are finishing up the text messages and the emails and all the things from the day and just more is required of us on a daily basis.
0: I think that definitely plays a role, like for sure, that we're always on and we don't, I mean, if you think about it, we're kind of new in terms of our generation, like to establish boundaries around email response and Slack, like all these technologies are kind of new and we haven't quite figured out how to like, navigate and have boundaries with them. So I think that certainly plays a role. I think just the amount of time that we're working, I think social, you know, there's so many things, but I think it also comes down to, again, how we, many times we don't feel like we have power and control in, in work. And that can, really deplete our sense of fulfillment and happiness. And so what I'm trying to help people see is where they do have power and control and to use that. And that can happen in so many ways that we're just not realizing. Like we can set boundaries. We can have difficult conversations with our boss. We can take a few moments to gather ourselves so that we are more thoughtful in a meeting so that we're more grateful to uplift each other on a zoom before we you know start our meetings there's so many micro moments that we have control over to inject just more beauty and and connection and brightness Mm-hmm. and we just have to realize that and and that takes skill it's mm-hmm. and these are that's what i talk about in my book it's like these are all skills that we can learn it's all learnable it's not that you have to be lucky or blessed i mean of course some of us are way more privileged than others and of course all of us have more power and control than than we may think mm-hmm. and that's what i i hope to teach people in the book
2: and what a relief to even just hear that. Even as you just say that, my shoulders drop, my body gets a little mm. bit more relaxed because it is nice to know that we do have control. And you guys, I highly recommend Stella's book, The Work Happiness Method. So I, I genuinely am going to go to onto visiongenerator.com and go see what I, because I think I know what it is I want. We made our goal boards at the beginning of this year. and But it'll be interesting to see how much of the outside world's perspective is filtered into my vision board. And I cannot wait to see, go to visiongenerator.com. But you guys, for those who are really interested in finding guidance, Stella, you also teach classes and workshops, correct?
0: Yes, 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 yes. So the work happiness method started off as a a coaching course. So, And I've done it for practically a decade with groups, one-on-one, and also with organizations like Dow Jones and hospital systems and government organizations. And so I've done it in across many different countries, like over 40 different countries. And that's still available on my website too. So you can take the course if you want more connection and you're just you want a little bit more guidance than, than a book. So you can do that too. And you can go to StellaGrizant.com to check that out as well.
2: And we'll have all those links in our show notes. Stella, I'm so grateful. You are just a breath of fresh air. I wish everyone could Um. see your visual that because (laughs) when we record the podcast, we record with video, but we don't release it. And you just are so bright and happy and full of color. It is so clear that you know in your life who you are and your vision and where to go. So Mm. if I were to take advice from anyone, it would definitely be you. And I'm not just saying this. I think you Um. clearly have, have your mind in the right place. So one thing... I like to ask our guests before we let them go is if you were able to give yourself a piece of advice when you were young something mm-hmm. that you wish that you would have known most of your lifetime what would that be
0: Oh my god like you're making me like I'm feeling teary already I know it's fun uh, <laughs> it,
2: isn't it interesting to take
0: yourself yeah. back to your childhood right Yeah Well I don't think I felt very safe when I was a child I lost my dad when I was very young so I would tell her that, I would tell her that she's so loved and that it's all going to be okay. Yeah, I would just okay. tell her that she's loved and and she's wonderful. Oh, wow. How beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so lovely. And
2: you are loved. And it, it, it is all working out. And for those listening that need to hear that as well, you are loved and it is all going to be okay. And Stella, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so grateful to have you. And we just learned so much. And it's only
0: the beginning. It's only the beginning. Thank you so much for having me. I really had fun. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Okay. So you guys all go to visiongenerator.com. Keep me posted on what you find. I'm going to do it right now, right after we stop recording. I think it's so important to understand what it is we want to achieve and have a purpose and a direction. And that's why we have this podcast, Directionally Challenged, right? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions, editing by Diane Kang, post production sound by Coco Lawrence, and production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.